0: coming through, can you hear me? Very good. It's really good to see everyone this morning. Terribly sorry about Barry's um, lack of hygiene and so on. Um, I mean, some of us closer to are suffering more than others, but anyway. Um. Um, today, um, I was not given a subject to speak on, so I thought, well, I'll just ask the Lord, what do you want me to do? to speak on, and he, he gave me just three things. So it's kind of three sermons, each one lasting 45 minutes, each one with about 11 points to them. No, just three things. Um, it's been really good to worship the Lord together, hasn't it, this morning? And... Some weeks ago, we had the, the youngsters up here. They're preparing for more things for Christmas and so on. We had them up here. They were leading worship, and Peter got up and spoke. And he spoke. They'd been looking at the subject of worship. And they, Peter went through, and he, he spoke to us all about worship and how we need to um, give God what his due is. Um, we should worship him for being the great God he is and praise him for what he's done. But there was one aspect which is, you know, it is important, worship. And the, that's my, my first thing. We can worship God in our giving. Now, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I'm guessing you have subscriptions to various things, such as maybe Netflix or Amazon Prime or Sky TV or Virgin Media or even if you just pay the, uh, the BBC for... The content they deliver to us. Um, it's a subscription. Um, <clears throat> you might have a gym subscription, you know, you, you go along to that and these things are great, there's nothing, nothing wrong with, with subscriptions but sometimes I think we overlook the greatest organisation that we belong to, the most important organisation in the world and that is the Church of Jesus the church worldwide we're a local church here but belonging to a church makes us part of the worldwide church as the church local and as the church universal and we're in both <clears throat> and that is the most important organization on earth and it's only natural that we would want to give now, I'm not here about guilt tripping anybody this morning, but what I'm saying is that, you know, running a church costs money. There are people who, need, who depend on that for their, their living, um, but also the church does a lot of things for people. So I just make no apology. We very, very, very rarely speak about this, we very, very rarely talk about it. Some churches have, have a talk on it every single year. Some churches want to see your bank statements to make sure you 're giving enough, but that 's not our style, and it never has been <clears throat> and if you 're not giving enough you 're told in no uncertain terms in some churches that maybe you 're not ready to join us at the moment. We would never say that. So has anybody ever heard of the um, the concept of tithing? Everybody has. And yes, tithing. And we often take it to mean give a tenth, you know, and a lot of people say, well, I give my tenth. But the funny thing is that tithing, certainly in the New Testament, is not a scriptural thing. Now, in the Old Testament, it wasn't tithing, it wasn't giving a tenth. So if you say, if you want to apply the Old Testament law to what you give and say, yeah, it's 10%, that's not true. Because there wasn't a tithe in the Old Testament, there were tithes, the plural. And so if you were going to follow Old Testament law and you look through all the the scriptures that give you what what you're going to pay, it would be between minimum of 23% of what you earn up to about 28%. That was, if you're going to apply the, uh, the concept of tithing, that's what you should give. But it's not a direct comparison with today. Because that was, in effect, the taxes that you paid. So it went to maintain the temple, it went to run the country, it went to maintain whatever services were were provided at the time. Now we already pay tax, at least I hope we do, uh, if we earn anything. We get a tax-free allowance and we, we pay tax. Everything you buy, pretty well, You're paying tax on it. Sometimes you pay tax on tax. Um, So, yeah, we do pay tax. So giving to the Lord's work is something different. And what does the Scripture say about giving? Well, it says this. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So this concept of tithing is very much an Old Testament principle. And it is convenient to say, yeah, give 10%. But actually, Scripture says, how much should you give? As much as you think you should give. What does your heart tell you? Because you can give subscriptions to all sorts of things and some people treat them as their gods. Do we want to give to different organisations or do we want to give to God? So it's what your heart tells you, what you've decided. There's no great, um, no great virtue in giving away money you don't have. So if you're in debt, and I know this is a real problem and the cost of living's going up and taxes, tax, we're going to be taxed more and heating and so on has gone up. Energy costs are going up an awful lot there's no virtue in giving money that's not yours no point in giving away the bank's money that's not your money but I believe if your heart is for God you will want to support his work there have been a lot of people helped through the ministry of this church loads of people have been brought to 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 a knowledge of Jesus through the ministry of this church the very first evangelical church to be built in this town after the war. And this building is a fantastic testament to the fact that we didn't we weren't given grants to, to give this building, we were given one or two gifts, but people God caused his people to pay to have this building. In fact, he caused his people to actually literally build it. There are people in this room right now who have been up on this roof have been building them laying bricks and digging trenches and goodness knows what breaking up hardcore and so on for this building and this building has been a great facility for us it's not the be all and end all it's not the church you're the church but if we want God's work to continue and flourish we will want to give so decide in your heart how much you should give maybe it's time you thought again Maybe you haven't given much thought to it. And if it goes out on your you know, direct debit or standing order every month, you may not know, notice it. And you may think, maybe it's time to look at it again. But actually, things have become a bit tight in this church. And you know the Lord loves a cheerful giver. So if, it's, if you feel miserable about it, then don't. If you're really tough, so give what your heart tells you to give. Some people do like to say, I'm going to give a tenth. That's fine. But you may not be able to do that. Or you may be able to give even more. But God will bless us as a, as a cheerfully giving church and we will be able to help many more people along the way, financially and spiritually. So that's my first thing that I wanted to say. Now, Barry, if you want any sort of advice on giving and you can, you can maximise your giving if you, if you tithe... Uh, Not tithe, if you use gift aid, sorry. Gift aid. Now, in the old days, the term gift aid used to be called covenant. And I kind of regret the fact that that's not called covenant anymore. Gift aid is a bit wishy-washy, it's a bit miserable, a bit mamby-pamby and mealy-mouthed and yuck. I'm not saying we shouldn't take advantage of it because it's offered. If the, if the exchequer is going to give extra money and give us tax relief on what we contribute to the, to the work of the church, I'm all for it. But the term covenant, God is a God of covenants and a covenant is a promise. It's a kind of a holy promise. It's a promise, an agreement between two parties. And God is a God of covenants. He's a God of promises. And if you look through the Old Testament, there's so many promises. And so I I kind of regret the fact that the term covenant has gone. But basically, it's very similar to gift aid, and that is that you pledge to give so much and the, the government returns tax to the church, the tax that you paid on the money you've given. And if you want any help on that, there are forms available out there, aren't there? And If you need Barry to talk you through it, he can do that for you. But anyway, so what I'm just going to say to you is, God loves cheerful givers. Decide in your heart what you want to give. Do you want to give to the true God? Do you want to give more to gods that we worship sometimes? You should only worship the true God. Right, that's the first sermon done. Now, the next one. Oh, yeah, next one. It's salmon. What? Anybody like a bit of salmon? I do. Smoked salmon? Okay. Uh, A few years ago, we had the privilege of going to visit our daughter who lives in Vancouver, in Canada. And we went to Canada, and, you know, salmon is a huge part of the industry over there. Fish, salmon. Costs, you know, it runs so much. And then we, we went up to Alaska, and we went to a place called Ketchikan, which is an Alaskan town. And there's a there's a, sea, a, a sort of a, a a kind of creek that runs up from the or runs down to the sea, and we were able to stand by it and watch the salmon swimming upstream. Now, we know what salmon do. They, they always, every, every time they give birth to their young, they return to the place where they were hatched. Exactly the same place. They know exactly where it was. They do that because they know that if they hatch there, that's a safe place to rear their young, to, to hatch their young. And the salmon goes into the sea, and it goes from fresh water into salt water, and it survives and it grows. And then, when the time is right, in sort of autumn of the year, they swim back up. And sometimes they swim up waterfalls. Sometimes they they swim always against the current. They swim up, they give birth, and they die. And I, I just remember an advertisement for Kit Kat some, some years ago. A famous film star called Jason Statham. He's normally apparently in very violent movies, but um, he, um, he made this advert for Kit Kat Salmon. The salmon spends its life relentlessly striving to get upstream. In ceaseless endeavor, it finds the currents of the massive rivers, drags itself over rocks and shallow water, forces its way up huge waterfalls, and in the streets, and in the rests, spattles and battles its way upstream. <laughs> Finally, heroically, it reaches its goal. And it's absolutely negative. It does. Remember, you are not a salmon. <laughs> so have a Kit Kat instead. And what I want to say to you is you are a salmon. You are a salmon. Not literally. Although some of you, you know, there's a certain resemblance passing, you know. No, 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 no. In the age in which we live, we are told so much. Where do you get your truth from? Is it your truth or is it absolute truth? When you hear things broadcast, is it true or is it not true? The things that we are often told these days are so far against what we've all come to believe, not only as Christians, even as normal human beings. Stuff we are told, propaganda that's thrown at Christians every day, are so contrary to God's standards, so against God's laws, it feels like we're a salmon Swimming against the stream. Swimming up waterfalls. Because everything is going the other way. And we're going in the opposite direction. Because if we believe the Bible, that is always going to bring us into conflict with what we are told is truth nowadays. Things that kind of were, we knew went on, lurking in the back in the shadows somewhere, are now not just in the shadows they're on on walking down Main Street and they're also being celebrated things which are so against what God says in His Word we're like salmon because we're going against that if you hold fast to what Jesus taught us to what the Bible teaches us you're going against the stream you are struggling against the tide you are working your way uphill, up the stream, instead of going with it. That's why I say we're like a salmon. He says you're not a salmon. Actually, we're more like a salmon than he he would admit. And things, not only are there, are all the, all the thoughts and the ideas and the propaganda and the lies, which are, which are, Originating Satan coming at us and we're having to go the opposite direction there are also predators, a salmon that's going upstream, there could be a bear in the stream ready to pick off a salmon and eat it and when we went to Alaska we saw the bear doesn't eat the whole salmon bear just eats the head and, the, and then chucks it aside and some other predator will come and get the rest of it eagles will come and get salmon, all sorts of creatures will live off the salmon and the humans live off the salmon as well. So the salmon is fighting against ungodly, satanic ideas. As if we compare ourselves to that, not only that, there are predators waiting to pick us off. People waiting to grab us. And so, we are swimming against the tide. And Jesus said, Watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah, and will deceive many. You'll hear wars and rumors of wars. See to it you're not alarmed. Such things must happen. The end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation. And kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines, earthquakes in various places. These are the beginning of the birth pains. Then you'll be handed over to be persecuted and put to death and you'll be hated by all nations because of me. At that time many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because, because, Because of the increase of wickedness the love of most will grow cold but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved and the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. We are like salmon. We are swimming against the tide. We're swimming against the stream and sometimes that stream comes at us very, very rapidly and very, very forcefully. But I want to say to you, brothers and sisters, to stand firm in Jesus. This tells us what will happen. We will be persecuted. If you stand up against what we're being told is the truth nowadays and say no, that's not right. You could lose your job. You could lose your position. You could be persecuted. You could lose your livelihood. Because Satan is giving one final attack and he is getting further and further along that line and he is succeeding and so many people will turn away from following the Lord because it will be too hard. It will be too hard. But the salmon swims on and they get through and they give birth to more salmon. And we want to give birth to more Christians because we want more and more people to find the Lord Jesus as their personal saviour. And the point is, although it's tough, although it's hard, although we're being bombarded with lies and untruths all the time, God is with us. We have his Holy Spirit. We can call on him. He will give us the right words to say. We treat everybody with respect. There's got to be that lovely perfume because believers have been there. But we can't compromise. The trouble is, these days, you're not even allowed to disagree. You're not even allowed to state a different viewpoint because you're labelled something unpleasant. So, the first one is, what about giving? second one is, yes, you're a salmon. We're, fl- we're swimming against the tide. The third one is, this is Advent. Now just think... <laughs> There's the Old Testament and there's the New Testament. The Old Testament ends with the book of Malachi. Then there's a gap of 400 years and we get the book of Matthew. God didn't say anything for 400 years. Well, he didn't say anything through any prophets. But God was silent. And that was the world that the people found themselves in. What has happened? There were promises, there were prophecies in Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, about someone who's going to come. There's going to be a, a messenger and who's going to herald the, the birth of a new leader for us. And then it goes quiet for 400 years. And what happens in the between? The Persians came, Alexander the Great came, the Greeks came. That's why the New Testament's written in Greek. The Romans came and God paused. So what's so what you know, why why this four hundred year gap? Well, some commentators say that's God being God. Each time God gave a covenant, back to that word again, with his people, and promised them they rebelled and they said we don't need you god anymore we've you know we can manage no trouble that's exactly what's being said today we don't need god he's the last one we need we in this place we say we need god we need god we follow god but each time god made a covenant his people got fed up with it in the end and turned away and left you know mm-hmm. Until this time, there have been four major covenants in the Old Testament. This is the fifth covenant that came on after 400 years. You know when an actor comes on, an actor, these days actors just mumble and and you can't even hear what they're saying, especially with my hearing. In the old days, an actor would project their voice and you would hear every word. One of the great methods of acting is the pause for effect. 400 years is a pretty good pause for effect, isn't it? But that's what God did because this is going to be the greatest and the last of God's covenants and it's called the New Covenant. So God goes quiet after Malachi and then we're now into Advent and God is going to do keep his promise and we're coming up to christmas look there's the christmas tree there ready to be decorated a bit later on we're in advent the sign of jesus coming to earth and this is what jesus said sorry what god said in the old testament in isaiah the people walking in darkness have seen a great light it's almost like 400 years of darkness And out of that gloom and that misery and that feeling of being forsaken by God comes the light. They've seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. A light has dawned. And then a little bit later, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Oh. Come on, get it right, Mark, go on. Here. No, we don't want to see the salmon again. That's it. No. There you go. Well done. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on, forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. God's plan goes on. 400 years, Jesus comes. And we are still in that last new covenant right now. It isn't over yet. This covenant is still lasting on. Where God's people turn to him and ask him to be their light and to be their Lord and to be their Saviour. This covenant is going on. Despite everything, despite the tide and the stream being against us, we're still pressing on through the new covenant until Jesus comes again and that covenant is fulfilled. He's with us now by his Holy Spirit and he's coming again to finally give Satan what he deserves for all the heartache and the lies he's spun to us. So those are my three things. One, do you want to give to the Lord for what he's done for you? because you love him from your heart. Two, we have a tough time because we're swimming against the tide. We're like a salmon. And number three, Jesus came to bring us salvation, to go to the cross, to die for us. And he's coming back. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the glory and the joy of knowing Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for blessing each one of us. Thank you for giving us so much. Lord, I pray that you would help us to examine ourselves and to rethink things and to realise, Lord, that we are battling against principalities and powers and we need to rely on you. We need to put on that armour to protect us. So, Father... Be with each one of us. We're all different. We all have a different situation. And yet, Lord, you deal with us as individuals. Thank you, Father. Bless each one. And those who can't be here, those are watching on Zoom, Lord, I just pray that you would bless each one of us. For we ask it in the great and glorious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.